welcome back to Pictorial on Relay FM. I'm Quinn Rose, and I didn't go to art school, but that doesn't stop me from learning all about art. And I'm Betty. I also didn't go to art school, but I, it doesn't stop me from learning about art either. And uh, today's topic is actually something I'm not super familiar with, but I have read a bunch of stuff about it. So let's see how it goes. What are we talking about today, Betty? So what I'm going to say is we're talking about a religion, but we're talking about a religion that has its own art movement. So it's, I'll explain the religion a little bit later, but basically the religion is called theosophy. And we actually touched upon it a little bit when we were talking about Pete Mondrian, because um, he is one of the people that has, that follows this religious movement um and some of his paintings have to do with with basically this movement um but i am going to start off by showing you some paintings okay we're jumping right into it do you want to kind of verbally describe what you see uh actually sorry let's start with the the two on the left yeah so i'm looking at two different paintings right now um they definitely are part of a set i guess um it's uh two landscape uh style paintings um with black backgrounds a bit of a textured black background um and then centered uh is this large oval pink shape it basically looks like a pink cloud um so the one on the top it's mostly all pink it's some lighter pinks and darker pinks but it basically looks like a cotton candy cloud kind of shape taking up most of the image and there's a small white eight in the bottom left corner and then on the one below it in the bottom left corner there is a nine and this one uh it's roughly the same shape but it is a little bit different the cotton candy cloud is a little bit different um it's a darker pink and then within the darker pink there is more of a black gray and white kind of shape it looks like it's dirty almost um in the center yeah so you have just described two paintings that was done in uh 1905 by uh she's actually primarily known as like a writer and a at a educator her name is annie besant and she's a uh, a british i guess some would call her a british like writer and philosopher but she also paints so these are two paintings by annie besant and uh, what she describes is that so the name of this these uh, paintings are thought forms so she thinks of these as perceived like auras that emanate from individuals to re to reveal their emotional and spiritual state so the upper pink cloud she says it's about vague pure affection uh, that's seen from someone who's happy and at peace with the world thinking dreamily of some friends and then the one below it shows this affection intermixed with dull gray um, or dull selfishness so basically she's she's painting these as not just emotions but as a spiritual state so it's taking the concept of painting painting what's in somebody's head in like an enlightened spiritual state okay so it's like this is your brain this is your brain on enlightenment kind of yeah yeah so um do you want to describe what you see on the right the painting you see on the right sure so then there's this painting that is a square, um, and most of the square is orange. Again, it's kind of a textured orange, but then in the center of the square, there is a circle. The left half of the circle has a, uh, there's like a, 
vertical line dividing the circle in half. And on the left side, there's a black semicircle. Um, and then next to it, there is a white semicircle. And then on the right side of that split, there is an orange and then a yellow and then a blue. The right side almost looks like a kind of rainbow. And then the left side looks like a black and white rainbow, I guess. <laughs> this is another painting that was also done in the early 1900s uh, by an artist uh, named uh, Hilma Aft Klint. Uh, she's a Swedish artist and she's a part of these uh, five, a group of five women in Sweden and they use seances to communicate with spirits of the dead. What she does is she will have one of these seances and she'll just start painting. And so what she says is like she thinks the spirits are painting through her. So she says the like these are spirits painted through me and she says she draws great force from them and she has no idea what paintings are supposed to depict but she basically just starts painting and doesn't change a like she, she just automatically does the painting she doesn't change a single brushstroke and she, in the end a painting is just what the spirits have communicated to her on what she has just spilled onto the canvas. So this painting you're seeing uh, on the right here is called The Swan. It basically is her representation of what the spirits have embodied her with and what she has spilled onto the canvas. Ah, yes. The Ouija board approach to art. <laughs> yeah. So I will... Okay, I'm going to talk now about what theosophy is. So these are two prominent artists from the theosophy movement. The Theosophical Society, it was founded in 1875. It's actually... So it's a spiritual organization that was founded in the United States. Um, but it's a lot of it is based on the writings of this woman named Helena Petrovna Blavatsky, and so she's somebody who uh, wrote these philosophical writings. They're an eclectic mix of a lot of Hinduism, Buddhism, but she also mixed ancient Greek philosophy and modern science within this basically uh, theological set of texts. And a lot of people basically started following this uh, movement. It's basically, it's for, I will just say I'm personally not a religious person so I'm sorry if I end up like saying some of these things in not uh, super respectful ways but it just seems to me that this is a movement for people who don't actually follow any mainstream religions like Christianity or um, Judaism or Islam or any of these mainstream religious movements. And it's a new religious movement for people who basically have mixed a bunch of these different teachings from various uh, points throughout history into a new religious movement. So is the actual premise of the religion, I know we talked about this a little bit, but it was very surface level in the other episode we did. So yeah. is the actual premise of this religion that it is like taking all of these things from other existing religions? Or is that just kind of what ended up happening? So it seems like it's kind of what ended up happening because um, as I'm doing my research, it seems like the society, they don't have any formal like dogma or established rituals. It's not like it's not like these other religions where they have like these 
rituals and these like super, the, the, these set strict rules and guidelines. Um, this it just seems like it just seems like a bunch of people in the late nineteenth century wrote a bunch of things that were spiritual because they were frustrated with modern science. They were basically frustrated with a lot of these like rational and enlightenment approaches and they wanted to go back to the spiritual world, but they, they just ended up writing a bunch of things about religion and they took it from various sources from history. But then those people who followed it, they basically were just, people who are looking for truth through these abstract ways of thinking is what it seems to be the case. Okay. (laughs) So basically there is a connection between theosophy and religion. And this is basically, so it dates back to uh, this movement called symbolism. And symbolism is a movement where uh, these artists were, Basically, they were rejecting they, they reject they were rejecting science and modernity, and they wanted to turn away from the way. First, they wanted to turn away from impressionists depicting like urban subjects, like trains and buildings, and like modern industrial movements. And they also wanted to get away from naturalism, which is depicting things in like realistic ways you know, studying the human anatomy and as well as depicting things in these like natural scientific ways is that they were basically um, getting trying to get away from rational thinking, which it's which is like it's because they were frustrated with with modernism and with uh, science and technology. And they wanted to go back to this world of uh, spirituality. And so the symbolism was led by uh, Paul Gauguin, and the painting I just showed you is um, a painting called Vision After the Sermon or Jacob Wrestling with the Angel. And this work basically is, this work as well as a lot of work um, works by Gauguin uh, were really important in this, basically the sim- symbolism movement. A lot of people used uh, his concepts of he's using these like flat colors. He's not, um, he's not using, like, as you can see in this painting, he's not really using perspective. He's kind of just approaching it from kind of like a spiritual type of way. I don't know if you can see that in the painting. What do you mean by a spiritual type of way versus perspective? It's like, he's trying to have like this spiritual sense instead of like using scientific perspective or depicting these people in naturalistic ways or like he's using colors that you wouldn't expect like he's being very overt with the use of color and flattening the picture in terms instead of using these established uh established ways that scientific uh, perspective of say like the renaissance you wouldn't expect a painting like this coming from like a leonardo painting that uses scientific perspective mm-hmm. yeah okay so anyway this is uh so a bunch of symbologists so after gogan th- there was this movement of this group of people called the the nabis n-a-b-i-s and it's after the hebrew word for prophet so it's a bunch of uh, uh so this one is a painting by Paul Serussier, and it's called The Portrait of Paul Ronson in Nabi Costume. And basically, it's further, like, these artists further using 
um, like symbols and wanting to like achieve like some sort of like spiritual enlightenment. But this is uh, this is still in the late 1800s. Uh, before they started to go full abstraction, but as you can see, the colors and the um, the way that this figure is depicted is uh, it's not natural. It's not like what you would expect of like a Renaissance painting or a neoclassical painting. The art traditions around this religion are very interesting to me because I mean, like basically all religions have art traditions around them, of course. Um, Christians just absolutely will not stop painting Jesus like that's <laughs> they're so into it um but <laughs> but it's interesting that a, a religious movement that like very specifically does not have the same kind of like specific core tenets as you were talking about they're not not the same kind of specific rules um i i feel like that creates a much looser ideas for like what art should be in relation to it and the different ways that that can be interpreted as like what is theosophical art look like well it probably looks like something else to any person who is inspired by it yeah and the next thing i'll move into is that a lot of artists they they start with uh, depicting things in like naturalistic and realistic ways and they progressively move towards being more and more abstract and what I'm going to show you right now is um, I'm just going to show you like the full uh, the full body of not the full body of work but like uh, a bunch of different works by Wassily Kandinsky mm -hmm. uh, he followed uh, the theosophy movement as you can see like he kind of um if if you look at this like painting he did in like 1898 of the Odessa port like it's he's he starts off painting very representational like he's painting ships he's painting uh like the water and he's painting um you know one of these paint uh, one of these painters that starts off painting realistic things but then if you move down towards the page you'll see like more and more he's going towards abstraction like there's a painting called the blue rider in 1903 and he's he, so he says like the color blue is very significant to him from like a spiritual point of view and he's kind of using that as so this painting is basically one of uh, the defining transitions that Kandinsky has from painting in like quite highly realistic ways into starting to be abstract. I mean, that's a progression that we've noted from like most modern artists that we've talked about. Yeah. But in I think the the significant thing with Kandinsky is that once you if you scroll down to his abstract paintings, he has decided that he wanted to use this as an opportunity to exp explore the spiritual so he he wrote a text uh like or a treatise called concerning this spiritual in art in 1909 and he very much after this piece of writing he started to explore not just lines and shapes in the abstract but he's using this as a way to Again, this is like so hard to me for me to describe as a non-religious person, but it seems like he is trying to achieve some sort of spiritual enlightenment with these exploring these concepts. Okay, interesting. <laughs> it seems like the theosophists and 
theosophists and the artists who were influenced by this movement, uh, they felt that like the truth was inaccessible through the scientific method and that there was this like meta reality that existed beyond the reaches of human perception and theosophy they used this as a source to seek higher spiritual truths and they feel like there's this aspect of art as well as the world where that's like there's it's beyond the natural senses and they're using these colors and lines and shapes uh to kind of explore these concepts forgive me for asking the obvious question but how do lines and shapes help you explore those concepts <laughs> they feel like the, the natural world is um not adequate enough to for them to explore the things that they need to explore. So they're using these geometric concepts to like achieve this level of like spiritual enlightenment. It's it's really hard for me to describe unless you are kind of like looking at these works where it's just showing like planes and shapes and colors. And I find it really interesting how many abstract artists and like artists who we think of, of developing specific forms of abstraction were involved with theosophy, like Mondrian or like Kandinsky. And these artists who are like pretty well known and like well collected in museums and all these other artists that you keep showing me, like these different works that are all connected to theosophy and inspired by theosophy. And it's like there was a whole movement of people who were developing abstract art as a form of this like spiritual experience that they were having. But you do not hear about theosophy. <laughs> like I'm not just as like a casual person who's like looking at Mondrian and Kandinsky in a museum. They're not you don't get like get to learn about theosophy at the same time, which I think is very funny how it was it does seem like it was really influential for a certain era of artist. Um but it has largely been forgotten. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons I kind of really wanted to look into this religious movement is that it seems like it really was highly influential to, uh, yeah, not just uh, Kandinsky and Mondrian, but apparently Kazimir Malevich as well. Um, and so it does just seem like these artists, they always, not always, but like quite often towards the end, ends of their lives and ends of their careers are going towards this high abstraction. And it seems like they're trying to achieve some sort of answer to the universe and everything or something through this means, but not sure if they ever got there, obviously. <laughs> no idea. Like, I don't know, maybe some of them ascended to a higher plane. Like, we don't know. <laughs> My general impression of theosophy is that it is something that was like deeply personally felt by people who were involved in it. And I, I perhaps shouldn't use past tense so liberally. Like, uh, I don't think that there are no followers of theosophy um, anymore, but like it's definitely past its heyday, as you would say. Um, but 
in terms of these artists and the way that they were exploring it in their art, it does seem like they were, they're trying to convey feelings or trying to convey like a plane beyond our physical reality. And so of course it would be hard to describe and to explain exactly what they mean in just like spoken words. Like the whole point of it is that it's a really particular art form and it is chosen to be very specific and very personal. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. So it's yeah, it's very it's very hard for me to describe exactly what Kandinsky or Kupka was going for in terms of their like their lines and shapes because they were exploring some personal uh, yeah, some personal creation on uh in their own spiritual plane. Yeah, and if it was if this was helpful for them. Great. <laughs> Well, as we are wrapping up here, we did want to take a minute to tell you about another show on Relay FM that if you like this show, you will probably like Make Do. It's hosted by Julia Scott and Tiff Arment. Um, Julia is a journalist and potter and uh, Tiff is a gloss artist and painter and photographer. And they both do tons of other stuff beyond those things, actually. And they're constantly just making things and making art. And so the whole show is about that process. Um different kinds of arts that they are trying, their experiences um, with sort of this constant battle between like validation as an artist, how money comes into art and how it shouldn't sometimes. Um, it's a really interesting show. And I really do think that if you like Victorial, you will like Meg too. Yeah. And if you want to check out some recent or some really great episodes, uh, one of them is The Myth of the Tragic Artist. Another one is Don't Tell Me How to Hobby. So if you want to get started, I would suggest uh, those two episodes. Yeah, absolutely. And you can find those at relay.fm slash make do or just search for make do wherever you get your podcasts. And in the meantime, you can find our show notes at relay.fm slash pictorial. You can also find us on Twitter or Instagram at pictorialpod. And you can find me on Instagram at aspiringrobotfm. And you can find me on Twitter or Instagram at articulationsv. And I'm also on YouTube as articulations. And speaking of YouTube, we also upload these podcast episodes to YouTube under Pictorial Podcast, usually a few weeks after the audio versions have come out. So this one, you can experience all the esoteric theosophy art as we talk about them go by on the screen. Thanks for listening, art enthusiasts.